Good evening, queens. It's your girl, Queen Lysandra here, and I felt led to talk today about, I want to talk to you today about how to overcome betrayal in relationships. So as a part of my introduction, you know, we always open in prayer. You're going to get a little bit of Bible study tonight, but you're going, you're also going to get raw honesty that I hope it gives you what you need to help you heal. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for life and those who are listening in the name of Jesus. Lord, you know everything. You saw it all. You heard it all. You were there, present. And God, I thank you that you care and you are intimately involved in every human circumstance. And in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, I pray that you would heal set free and deliver as I go throughout this podcast. Lord God, I decrease so that you may increase within me, Lord God. And in the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you that your word goes forth out of your mouth and it will never return to you void or unproductive, but it accomplishes everything everything that you set for it to do. And Lord, we're believing you to help us overcome betrayal in relationships in Jesus name. So firstly, Queens, what is betrayal? The dictionary defines betrayal as the act of betraying someone or something or the fact of being betrayed, violation of a person's trust or your confidence of a moral standard. As an example, the betrayal of a friend. What kind of things does betrayal do? It can give you PTSD. It can make you depressed. It can give you anxiety. It makes you want to feel disassociated. You may have difficulty in concentrating. You may have emotional dysregulation. Betrayal makes it hard for you to trust in relationships and relationship issues. Betrayal can also give you physical pain and believe it or not, can lead to gastrointestinal issues. I wanted to speak to you today about... um, If you've ever been in any kind of relationship, if it was romantic, work-related, family, or even church relationships, you can experience betrayal. The big question is, who is ready to heal from betrayal? Are you tired of talking about it? Tired of rehearsing it in your head? Tired of, are you tired of letting betrayal live rent-free inside of your head? That's the big question. So in my own experience with betrayal, it was well over a decade ago. I don't even remember all of the names of all of the people involved, but there was a group of friends that I had. Uh, We were, we varied in different ages from most of us with our, in our twenties, thirties, forties. There was four of us. And I mean, if you saw one, you saw the others. We were just, we were just very close. Um, they knew we broke bread with each other. We were in each other's lives. We prayed together. We cried together, laughed together. And there was a ministry that was starting up at my church and my, um, one of the leaders there, I was extremely close to, I was really close to this, um, leader that was in my church. I looked at him almost as if he was like a really big brother or a father figure and, One day I thought that I was going to meet with him and we were going to talk about starting this, um, 
this new venture in church, like a new, a new ministry program. And when I, when I sat down, all of a sudden, all these people that called themselves my friends, they sat around us in his office and he asked me, do you know why all these people are here? And I said, no. And they, one by one said that I had been avoiding them. I was having anger outbursts that were really extreme and they were led to believe and led him to believe that it was some kind of demonic influence, these anger outbursts, me, if you know me in a social setting, when I first get to know people, I am extremely quiet. That's just my character. I like to sit back and observe and I get a feel for people's spirit. Um, the Bible says, test the spirits to see whether they are of God. There are many people that have a form of godliness and I am not calling these, these other women godless. We all have our own struggles, but how little do you have going on in your life when you have time to sit around and talk about little old me that, um, when they spoke of anger outbursts, the examples that they gave, um, firstly, there was a hush in Jerusalem when, when, and that's just a church saying when, uh, uh, my friend, my father figure was going around the room and asking them to give me an example of the anger outbursts. And it was things that was just like, come on really. And what upset me the most, and I was sitting in front of my friend, my brother, my father figure was out of everybody in the group, he knew my life. And it was not just them. There was another elder, elder of the church sitting in the room. There was another um, youth minister that he ministered right along with me. And I'm like, this is the first time that I was hearing about this. It felt like an ambush. It felt like an attack. Uh, they had the nerve to call that an intervention. Even when you're blindsided, you have to be doing something wrong. I mean, I could totally understand if I was really caught up in sin, if I was like some people and just, you know, da -da 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 to everything that moves. Uh, if I was drinking, if I was falling out of the clubs, I could understand. Did I hit somebody? No. Did I lie on anybody? No. Did I have a, a problem with anger at one point? I certainly did at that point. <laughs> you know, because I thought that we were friends and here you are in a group throwing me under a bus. So long story short, I was really heartbroken by the accusations that were blown out of proportion. There was um, the assumption thrown out that I was avoiding these people. I'm like, yeah, I don't hang around where I'm not wanted. And being really young, I think I was 20 or 21 at the time. I did not have enough of a developed language as an adult to exemplify the fact I was hurt. I was shocked. I did not see that coming. Um, like I said, if, if I was on drugs, I could totally understand the ambush, but, but this, I did not understand. I did not cuss anybody out. I did not know. And just what they brought to the table was they really didn't have any hardcore evidence of me having anger outbursts. And that's the same thing that my father figure, my, my older brother figure said. Um, so I felt betrayed by him. And I went to one of my college professors and she was just very, very in tune with me. We were, we were really close. She was one of the only African-American women on staff at my university. And she pulled me to the side after class. She said, Lysandra, you're not being yourself. Is something going on? And I told her the other night, I feel like somebody I look to as a mentor, as a father figure, just we were so close. I mean, I've, I've been to his house and done his daughter's hair. Um, 
I feel like he cut my throat and I went through the whole story and I said, I don't know what to do. I'm so hurt by this. I was very heartbroken. And she said, don't be like Lot's wife. Don't turn back and think about how the grass was greener on the other side. And I told her, I'm like, when I come through the doors of the church, there are people that I've never met before asking me, sis, are you okay? Sis, I'm praying for you. I'm like, I don't know you. Why are you offering to pray? Like, uh, I don't let just anybody lay hands on me. <laughs> That's how you get caught up. So um, I was like, you know, I've, I've been at this church a really long time. I'm really thinking about, I think that it's time to move on. I've been in prayer about it. I'm sure the pastor doesn't care. <laughs> um, I mean, because the church is really big. And um, she said, well, whatever you decide, don't make an emotional decision based on a temporary circumstance. Um, so long story short, I found a program that I could go through that, that made me commit a little bit more of my time. I just, I took a break and I evidently I did end up leaving the church for a season. And that's a whole nother story. Uh, I was just very much caught up in my emotions and caught up in, in the hurt that just, it was so bad. I didn't want to be in the same room with the people. I didn't want to look at them anymore and to protect my peace. That's what I did. And it's okay to take a break. It's okay to separate for a season. It's not okay to just walk away from the body of Christ. I'm not saying I did that. I'm just putting that out there as a side note. So there is really no bigger betrayer in the Bible than that of Judas Iscariot. He's the one that betrayed Jesus. Jesus never would have been crucified had it not been for Judas. Judas was like a brother to Jesus. All of Jesus' disciples were all younger than he was. And when you have somebody that walks with you, watches you do miracles, knows your life, has broken bread with you, he was sitting there at the table at the Last Supper and even said, in, um, even in John 13 and 2, says, when Jesus said this, he became troubled in spirit and testified and said, truly, truly, I say to you that one of you will betray me. He already knew who it was. I'm so sorry that um, that reference was John 13 and 21. John 13 and 2 says during supper, meaning he is breaking bread with this person, Judas, the devil, having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, to betray him. So even before they were sitting down breaking bread together, Judas already had a hidden agenda and a hidden motive. John 18 and 5 says they answered him. And this is when... They were coming to, to arrest Jesus for nothing. He didn't sin. He didn't commit a crime. John 18 and 5 says, They answered him, Jesus the Nazarene. Jesus said to them, I am he. And Judas also was betraying him, who was betraying him, was standing with them. <laughs> Isn't that funny? We are all, all of us that are in relationships it's, at one point or another, we are all going to experience some kind of betrayal. But nevertheless, Jesus never held anything against Judas. Even though he said, I'm even betrayed with a kiss. It's a, it's a display of love and affection. And that's how you greet your family members that you haven't seen in a long time. Do you have, I think that everybody has one of those aunties that you haven't seen in a really long time. I have a great, great auntie that lives in, in Arizona. She is definitely greeting you with a hug, a kiss, and she's, she's just a sweetheart. But even then, could you imagine somebody that, that 
you walk with somebody that knows you intimately and knows your life to betray you to the point of death. This was not a game here. This was more than a, than a bunch of gossiping people that just need to grow up. Judas was somebody that like you were in ministry with Jesus. How could you do something like this? And tragically, for those of you that don't know, Judas's life ended up in suicide. So it's not that he was heartless or that he didn't have a conscience. It's just the fact that he made a wrong decision. The devil will only have as much allowance as he is given. So when I say that, when you first feel betrayed and you feel hurt and you start to internalize those things, the devil can make an entrance way into hatred. You can end up turning those emotions into hatred. And that is not, that has no place in the body of Christ. People make their mistakes. It doesn't matter who they are. If they are human beings, they are going to fail you. The only consistent person that you will ever have in your life is Jesus Christ. He is the only perfect one. Not you, not me, not your pastor, not your mommy, not your daddy, nobody in your family. Nobody is ever going to be as perfect as Jesus Christ. And nobody's ever going to treat you as well as Jesus Christ. They don't have the capacity. Jesus Christ loves us so much, y'all. He could not bear to be without us for eternity that he gave it all. This was the opening gateway that started the crucifixion, that great walk up on Calvary to where he died, snatched back the keys to death, hell in the grave and was resurrected. Hallelujah. So what do we do with betrayal? What does that mean? What does the picture of healing look like to you from this? First of all, above everything, you not you, not me, not your pastor, not an angel, not a demon has the right to punish just because somebody has done you wrong. It hurts. I mean, I've talked to, it feels like so many thousands of people. I've talked to people that have been shot, have guns held to their head, uh, been in violent relationships, uh, been betrayed by, by parents, brothers, sisters. I've heard horrific stories with those people that do not deserve forgiveness. They deserve a life sentence in prison. I've talked to people like that. And I've also talked to people that have experienced detrimental things that brought themselves enough to forgive. That person killed a child. How do you forgive that? That does not mean that you're letting them off the hook. Forgiveness is a gift that you give to yourself. And forgiveness means it's not an emotion. It's a choice I make that I am not going to carry this burden around. I am not those things that I was called. I am not an angry, demonically oppressed woman. What happened was the real reason that I was confronted and betrayed was because of the relationship I have with my biological father. None of those girls that accused me of being having anger outbursts, none of them had a good relationship with their father. One day we were, um, I was invited to go to lunch at Red Lobster with them and uh, I could not get a straight answer out of anybody. I called around to like all, all my friends and they were like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to go. I don't know if, if we're going to make it. You know, money's a little tight and Red Lobster, you know, their prices. I'm like, oh, oh, okay, well, maybe some other time. That night, my father and I, we, we go out on um, daddy-daughter <laughs> daddy daughter times all the time. And we were sitting in the restaurant and all of a sudden I noticed my friends were sitting well across the way. And my father told me, isn't that so-and-so and so-and-so that you go to church with? And I said, yeah. 
And my dad just looked over there and he said, you know, that would really hurt my feelings if my friends left me out of something like that. They knew that they were coming to this restaurant. They just didn't want you there. He didn't say that in so many words, but it was like the way that he explained it to me, it was like, I got it. I'm like, oh, wow. My dad has had the same friends for almost 40 years, pretty much since he moved out to California from Indiana, go Colts. Um, and when I was sitting at the table, I, I waved at them at my friends and invited them over and each one of them, you could tell that they felt uncomfortable <laughs> because it was exactly as my father had said it. And isn't it kind of prophetic in a way that our heavenly father, Jesus Christ, um, Jesus knew who would betray him ahead of time. Don't you have like a gnawing, aching feeling that something is not right when you're around a certain somebody? When people all of a sudden are completely around you, they admire you. Oh my gosh, all these, all the, the women that I was just talking about, the group, they loved the prophetic gifting on my life. They loved hearing me teach. They love all that. Like, oh my goodness, you could be the next one to buy them, honey. There is only one. And she's a great sister. I love her. And I'm not trying to imitate anybody. I am just Lysandra. That's all I know how to be. And I pray to become more and more like Jesus Christ before these women that each one of them told me about a tumultuous relationship they had with their biological father. When I prayed about it and I was done with the heartache, I wanted to forgive. I didn't want to carry this burden around anymore of in my mind going over and over. How could they accuse me of something I am not? I'm not a witch. I'm not angry. I'm not crazy. And what they're saying is it completely has no merit. And when I, I brought it to God, I said, I was like, God, why? Why would those people do that? I love them. I thought they loved me. Even the person I broke bread with, I've been over at, at his house to do his daughter's hair. God, you were there. And and I was, I was like, there's nothing I could think of that would justify this kind of thing. But I, I want to let it go. And God said, there, there's one word over the situation that this is based in. And the Lord said, jealousy. It's so sad in a group of women. We watch it on reality TV all the time. A lot of women hate on each other. A lot of women that I know that are in my age bracket, they don't have a whole lot of friends. Women need to stop hating on each other. We do. We always want, we always want, when we're single, we want the, the woman's life that she has the husband. When we see a woman that's preaching and she seems like she's anointed and has it all. And then she, then you show her, she shows you how human she is and how normal and how regular. You're like, oh, please. And then you, and then it's just, it brings on the haterism and the hatred. You don't protect yourself by, by isolating yourself away from people. You have a choice to be an eagle and rise above it. So eagles, we don't partake with pigeons. Queens, we don't participate with court jesters. Okay. If you want to be a Jacqueline of all trades, you go right ahead. That's your house. But as for me and my house, I'm determined to serve the Lord and I want him to be pleased with my life. And if I do have an anger issue, let him solve it. If you think I have a demon, why wouldn't you rally around me and exercise it out? Nobody did that. So what merit, what two legs do you really stand on just to accuse me? If they did that in this day and age, oh, Lysandra will turn into a hurricane to protect my peace because my peace is worth it. I can do it without cussing. I can do that without making everybody's head go, go around on a 360. I am determined to live holy. And if that is 
too much to ask. Um, I have to ask, you know, are you really saved? Are you really a Christian? What is it? Or maybe, maybe you that is listening, have you had a problem with why do you feel insecure when you see somebody that has a beautiful shape, beautiful face, her husband's beautiful, children are beautiful, her life just seems so beautiful, but you really don't know her. What is it in, in a lot of women today that just make you want to hate on that person? You don't know what she's going through behind closed doors. You don't know what this woman, why not ask her, how did you get here? What is your story? Why don't you fellowship? Why don't you ask her? You may find out she paid a price that you're not willing to pay. We see, we see it all the time, especially when, um, when I lived down South, um, there was a first lady that I admired. I was like, Oh my gosh, she is just the object of Christian perfection. She almost annoying to a point. She just seems so perfect. Oh, her husband was just I'm like, Oh yeah, I would want a husband like that. I would want a man of God like that. Somebody just hold me accountable. Keep me close to the cross, you know, prophesy over me 24 <laughs> seven. And then one day I saw the same first lady in the news. Her husband, the pastor of a huge mega church, pushed her down a flight of stairs and broke her arm. She had the baddest Maserati I've ever seen in my life. Children look good, but what in the world was going on behind closed doors made me think twice about maybe, mm, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't go off of my assumptions. Maybe I shouldn't make a decision to protect my own peace, walk through my own journey, live out my own salvation, judge myself and worry about what I got going on. In the words of my late great grandmother, before you judge somebody else's situation, is what this means, baby, sweep around your own front door before you try to sweep around mine. Before you try to tell anybody how to live their life, you do not have the right to punish. You owe it to yourself to forgive. Stop carrying around whatever burdens you and move on from betrayal. If it makes you feel better to confront the person, that's fine. You are not always entitled to the reason why. I never asked those women, why did you do that? Because God told me. But my spiritual father, the mentor, he was the one that I had the biggest question mark over. Why would you allow them to be comfortable enough to come to you about something like this when I really thought, you and I had a genuine bond. And let me clear this up. This was not a romantic thing. It was not. It was purely from mentor to mentee. Even uh, his wife and I used to go out to events. Married man, beautiful family. And I just, I could not bring myself enough to fathom. I'm like, I'm not over this. When I sat down and talked to him, I'm like, I know it's been a couple of weeks, but what you did, it hurt me. I feel betrayed. Some of us are not confronters. I see absolutely nothing, nothing wrong with it. If it will bring you closure and it's, it's the situation is worth it. There is nothing wrong with godly confrontation. This is how Jesus said to confront people. If you have an ought with your brother, go to them. Don't bring a whole crowd of people because you're not brave enough just, to, just to address something that is, is not detrimental to your life, has nothing to do with your salvation. Jesus said, go to them. If they're not listening to you, if this person is sinning against God, sinning against you, uh, being detrimental to your peace, I can completely understand a confrontation. Jesus said, go to them. If they won't listen to you, 
Take one witness with you. One, not a whole crowd of people. You don't need an entourage. We don't have the right to go and correct each other's lives. That is not what I'm doing on this podcast. I am, I am simply sharing stories, trying to get, trying to allow God to use me however he wants to. I'm just a vessel. If I bring healing, that's wonderful. If you hear the word and it, it touches your heart and you change for Jesus Christ, that is wonderful. That's not my job to do that. My job is not to change anybody. Some water, some plant. God is the one that brings the increase. Then the Lord went on to say, if your witness along with you doesn't, doesn't work and your brother doesn't change, take them to the church. That does not mean stand them up in front of the church. That means take them to the pastor. Have the willingness, have the, have the guidance. My situation that I went to, they skipped all them steps. I was completely blindsided. I have never heard that I had anger outbursts. There are some things that I said strongly and I like to think I've matured out of that. But I've never just, you're a this, that, and the third. And you need to do this and that. You need to watch your mouth when you talk to me. Uh, honey, I am not a house. I'm not a, uh-uh. This is not housewives of, where am I at? California. <laughs> that That is not me. That never happened. And then you don't take people up to confront somebody to embarrass them. And another thing is the women in the church, we need to stop gossiping so much. Everything you talk about, everything, make fun of everybody, especially in the African-American church. Quit gossiping and backbiting on people. That's why people can't get healed. That's why people come to a church and they pass right through. I don't know why I felt led just to go there, but that's, that's part of the reason why a lot of churches don't grow is because of the messiness. When there is no difference between us and the world church, we have a problem. It is not your place. It is nobody's place to go and destroy and tear down their brother or sister. If you have nothing nice to say, if your words are not exhorting to the body of Christ, it's okay to leave your mouth closed. You don't always have to have an explanation. You're, you have the right to have an opinion. You have every right to keep that opinion to yourself. Praise God. Hallelujah. So I can understand if somebody is given over and like, I love accountability. If there's something that I've done that offended people, it's okay to let me know. But um, just because you don't like the words of accountability or you don't like the subject matter that doesn't give you the right to tell somebody how to live their life. If somebody is so given over to maybe drug abuse or sex addiction or whatever it is, um, there is a time when you just leave them over to the Lord. Nobody is set up to be, to be God. Nobody is set up to be the judge. That's God's job. So on the other hand, I hope I helped. If you've experienced betrayal, there is so much love and forgiveness. And I pray restoration over relationships right now in the name of Jesus, relationships that need to be restored. And also as a person that is protecting your peace, you have a right. You have a right to move on. Where I was at in the season where, um, some of my church sisters wanted to come and confront me about anger outbursts that did not happen. Um, I felt it was about that time to move on. And I'm glad that God used that situation to grow me up. You don't have to explain anything to anybody. You can write a letter if you want to, but it's okay to speak your peace and love and understanding. And sometimes it's okay to just move on. If you're doing, uh, 
you know, every five years in every single church, there's a statistic out that says every five years is a church split because somebody couldn't get their way. Whenever there's a split, whenever there's a divorce, somebody is being selfish and there's a miscommunication somewhere. It's something that can be fixed if everybody is willing. I'm going to leave you with that right there because I can, you all see, I can just go on and on. It's been almost 30 minutes. Um, so what I want you to do is if you need a community of people to rally around you, there are behavioral therapists, there are life coaches, there are different resources that are on my website, queenesteem33.com. To become a website member and stay connected is free. If you want to join the QE33 club, that is where we have classes. You can meet professionals, life coaches. It is all online. Um, we also have like really, really fun classes. And you can also reserve my new book, Queen of Steam, coming out in on 3-3-23. Um, if you want to email me, you have questions, positive comments, uh, queenesteam33gmail.com. Hit me up. If, you, if there's anything that you want to discuss if there's a topic you want to go over if you want a community that is what we're here for um so yeah there's a whole community that is out here and i want to put out this little disclaimer because my youtube channel i'm going to be launching videos i'm going to start recording in a little bit and preparing for that you know doing test runs and things like that because this time next year the podcast youtube channel is going to be a whole lot better than it is right now on my YouTube channel, on my podcast, Facebook group, fan page, please do not leave any abusive, destructive comments because Sister LaSandra loves you, but I will block you. Okay. So now that we have that understanding, we're all on one accord. Please do not get on here in the comments, bashing each other, abusing any abusive speech. You will, will get you blocked and that door will never be back open. Um, yeah. So just, just want to put that out there just as a little disclaimer. Um, <laughs> I will leave you off into the hands of the Lord. Um, yeah, because we're not here to abuse each other. We're here to lift each other up. This is not, um, uh, we're not in competition with anybody else. We're going to come in, be ourselves. This is a, sp a safe space where everybody is welcome. And I will not have abuse, destruction, demonic activity, nothing of that sort on here. Um, so I'm going to leave you with that. I love you, Queens. God bless you. Take care of each other. Take care of yourself. Love yourself. Goodbye. <laughs>